One day in high school, one of my friends, Helena, shouts to Helena, and one day in the cafeteria, she's just like, hey, Mags. And I'm like, what did you call me? <laughs> hey, Mags literally changed the entire like trajectory of where I was going. When I got home, I made a Facebook fan page and I was like, artist name, Mags. You already know who it is. Uptown girl, she took care of the biz. Backed up, go, you can call me the whiz. I'm running on now, but make it clear, kids. I'm here to rock on the block. Welcome to Also Cool Sounds Like. We feature the stories and creative journeys of musicians in and around Montreal. We're having conversations about where their musical inspiration comes from, what keeps them going, and what navigating the industry is like today. I'm your host, Aviva Lassard. For this episode, I sat down with musician, artist, and community organizer, Mags. She's one of the longest multi-hyphenates we've had on this show, so I'll let her introduce herself. I use this uh, small bio in a lot of my things, moderately good at a bunch of things instead of being grandmaster of one thing, um, which is, I guess, true. And I draw, I make beats, I'm a singer-songwriter, um, I curate and organize events, I'm also one half of a uh, musical duo, Strange Fruits. Um, I've been making beats since I was 11 years old, I've been drawing since I was like old enough to hold up a crayon I guess but uh, I started improv so maybe I'll be like funny on stage one day look out for that I guess I asked Mags who grew up in Washington DC where her interest in music started she said it happened long before she moved to Montreal for university it started with my parents so um my dad wanted to be a musician growing up like he used to play guitar and everything and then he studied law and this was back in like West Africa and once they came to the United States in the 90s where I was born he was very much like you you're gonna be an artist but also you can't do art for school so I expect you to have good grades which was very confusing <laughs> um so a lot of the early stuff that I listened to would be like mixes of like you know classic white people stuff like the Beatles and Bob Dylan and stuff or or like West African artists like Yusundu or like Angelique Kidjo and things like that so I and of course Michael Jackson Michael Jackson is actually a very influential person in terms of my music making in terms of like the chord progressions he would choose and stuff like that and really finding a way to like inject a special kind of spirituality in what is really just pop music then eventually my older siblings started introducing me to music and so you know my sister was listening to the classic like r&b stuff like tlc brandy like a lot of the first cds that i got growing up were like hand-me-downs from her the first cd that i ever owned that my dad got for me was actually uh, the wild wild west soundtrack yeah with will smith oh my god my dad is also really into yeah that. i don't know what that what that movie did to dads but I they know. said yeah let me get this for my prepubescent daughter <laughs> and 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 the first cd he got me that was not a movie uh soundtrack was nellyville um which i was so stoked about had my little walkman and stuff and listening to like not just like the you know super popular songs like hot in here or whatever but they were like the skits by like cedric the entertainer which i always thought was so funny it's like why is this on a musical album but you know it's setting the tone or whatever so that that, that kind of like also informed a lot of like uh i guess latent entertainer seeds in me what was the like michael jackson song that stands out as in terms of like the chord progressions or something that kind of 
emulates what you were talking about i think i want to say the title of the song is who is it because i know that's how the 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 chorus goes but it's like there's like this like almost choir synth or whatever it's like very cinematic and spooky but then you get into like the the kick and the it's like okay (laughs) wait hold up and let's talk a little bit about your other kind of artistic endeavors how do they i know you're really into illustration and probably other things that i don't even know about but how do they kind of feed into each other oh lots of ways um in fact this is a conversation i have uh, often with my friends and my brother um i watched a lot of cartoon network as a kid cartoon network had a lot of shows that had you know really you know action-packed soundtracks and stuff but also would work with like really popular artists to like or like even like underground artists to like do songs that were not necessarily in the show but were like surrounding the promotion of the show so like for example shows like dexter's lab and like samurai jack would have like all these like hip-hop artists tied to them and there's like even a whole hip-hop album tied to dexter's laboratory there's like will i am on it and just a whole bunch of people or like the powerpuff girls which was my favorite show growing up but the powerpuff girls would have like so many different kinds of artists like tied to them they'd have like r&b songs by girl groups they'd have like weird like ska songs or they'd have like j-rock and just it was it was amazing and like in like teen titans for example when i discovered teen titans growing up and the theme song everybody knows the theme song when there's trouble you know who to call teen titans i was like who sings that turns out it's hi hi puffy ami yumi who also got their own cartoon show and it, and people were like oh wait they're that Japanese group that sings the Teen Titans songs. And then that's how I discovered their music. And I think that's how a lot of like Americans my age discovered like J-Rock and stuff like that. In terms of your illustration, do you often conceptualize your music with that illustration too? Like, do you think about the two together? There was a time where I really did because when I was in middle school, I ended up writing and drawing this comma slash manga series called Jaguara, which was very clearly a Sailor Moon ripoff with cat ears on it um but while I was doing that and learning how to produce beats I was like oh these first few songs are gonna be like the soundtrack to like my comic book and whatever literally I think five out of the six songs have the exact same chord progression (laughs) the same key even and when I go back and listen to them like miss girl what were we doing what's going on but it's like, oh, but these are these are cute, you know, because the comics were also based on like my like group of best friends at the time. So they were essentially all like self inserts and stuff. And it was just like, you know, like this one song was like six best friends are on a mission. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be on Cartoon Network one day and I'm going to be real famous. And all my friends are going to like do the voice acting and we're going to have a soundtrack. It's going to be great. None of that happened obviously but um it was the propelling force in that first little uh ep of music Mm. 
With her visual artistic roots as an inspiration, Mags dove into the technical side of making music and started producing her own sound. Like I said, I've been making beats since I was a kid. And then in high school, I learned how to like sample and stuff. And mm. so once I kind of learned about SoundCloud and stuff like that, I was like, oh, that that first little EP of like when I was like 13 years old was going to be my like my comic book soundtrack. <laughs> I had made like little albums oh along the way. And so like it basically chronicles like lots of different periods of like my middle and high school life. Like you can hmm. be like, OK, this is the album where she learns about toxic friendships. This is the album where she doesn't know she's sapphic, but is very clearly sapphic. Um, no, I literally went back and I was like, Mags, you you're were, finding your you roots. Were, you, were not, you were not beating the, the queer allegations with this. Because, because what do you mean you're pregnant with your best friend's girlfriend? What does that mean? Oh, my God. We thought it was quirky. It's like, oh, well, you're dating my best friend, but we're wives. Oh, and then, oh, I have I'm having your baby because it's funny. And then like she moved away and like I found like the letter that I wrote her when she moved away. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, Mags. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) This is a little fruity. (laughs) And I'm just like, mind you, this was like a sapphic couple. I was like the straight friend. yeah 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 they were the actual lesbians but this one lesbian and i had an inside joke where we were wives Uh and we would uh write to each other and we had an imaginary baby called baby gum oh my god and that's literally the name of one of the albums So you've always kind of had that project, Max. Is there kind of like a guiding principle behind that project? What's funny is that for the first few projects, I didn't even think of it like as a project. It was like mainly because, okay, I made these beats. I want to upload them to my iPod. And being the Virgo that I am, I was like, there's data entry possibilities for this. So it's like, oh, artist name? God, what do I put? My first name, I guess. And then like... (laughs) album art oh i gotta make album art so here here i am i'm like ms paint and doing all the stuff and all the metadata and then one day in high school one of my friends helena shouts to helena um like me and her used to like do like dances at talent shows and stuff and one day in the cafeteria she's just like hey mags and i'm like what did you call me <laughs> hey mags literally changed the entire like trajectory of where i was going i made i immediately when i got home i made a facebook fan page and i was like mags artist name mags that's your name magasi okay yeah so like in life and as an artist i just go by mags because i feel like oh that's me Mm oh oh yes yeah On top of her solo work, Mags is also part of the Montreal hip-hop group Strange Fruits. After the success of Strange Fruits, Mags also embarked on a different music project, a worldwide beat-making showcase called Loop Sessions. So the concept is, somebody picks a vinyl at the beginning of the event, 
And everybody that shows up has about four hours to sample from that vinyl and make a short one, two minute beat. And then they showcase those beats at the end of the night. Loop Sessions is a really good outlet for Mags to continually make music. And music making is an integral part of how Mags expresses herself and processes what she's going through in her daily life. A lot of my music, a lot of people in the Loop Sessions like scene and stuff say, oh man, like that's such a Mags type beat. There's like something about it. And like for me, a lot of the beats that I make are very kind of actually like how I described uh, Michael Jackson's beats where it's like, you know, the kick, the snare, blah, blah, blah. is like very dancey or very like, you know, groovy, but like the chord progressions, the synths, it feels like I'm writing in a language that isn't spoken yet. Mm. It's kind of like the concept of uh, soldade, which is like the concept of missing somewhere you've never been. So that's kind of been like my whole mm. thing since like middle school, right? It's really interesting to me to to have the kind of more DJ mixing side and then still expressing such concepts, such emotions. So I guess like take me to how you literally do it. You have a blank session in front of you. Where do you start? Prior to me learning how to sample, it'll start with a melody in my head that I'll be humming for days and be mm-hmm. like, girl, we need to get this out. So we get the basic chord progression out. Then we want to be like, okay, do we want to make this like a certain tempo? Does it want to be dancey? Does it want to be mellow? And then you find the right instruments to really tell that story. And so once it's there, you kind of edit the peaks and the valleys into, you know, beat making is very simple that way. It's very, um, it's almost like a puzzle. Once you have each of your patterns, you know, your drum pattern, your synth pattern, your bass pattern, your melodic pattern. You find pockets of like, oh, we want the intro to just be like really low frequency it's like oh something's happening then we get into the song then we get into the bridge where it's like really high frequency with a lot of kick where it's like ooh, 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 something's happening we're having a lot of emotions and we don't know how to feel about it and that's kind of how i've interpreted a lot of my beats okay so then you're pulling in a bunch of samples and that still just adds to the ambiance the story that you're telling sometimes the story will be based on the sample if i were to take the example of like loop sessions dmv 19 there's this record that we sampled and one of the songs i think in like the verse it's like starting all over as friends and i'm like ooh, relatable i'll i'll hear that and be like okay that's something that's easy to cut up and put into like a song but also at the same time that was something that i was going through at the time Mm -hmm. which is why i like chose that song really realizing and looking back like oh there's a story here mm-hmm. like i wasn't paying attention before because i was living it mm-hmm. when you go back you can be like okay this is the story that was happening and so this is the story that i'm gonna tell i wanted to talk a bit about your um your recently released album do you want to tell me the name of it the album i put out is called hotaru tomo's going home um i literally decided to put it out the day before it came out <laughs> um so basically the concept of that album is like my saturn return because my saturn return kicked my ass Mm. like fully and thoroughly and i released it on my birthday because typically the saturn returns end around when you're 31 and i was turning 31 and i figured what better way to celebrate especially because 
a few days before that I was at the loop sessions and the beat that I made felt really conclusive to something but I didn't know what it felt like kind of like a bittersweet sad goodbye of like you know it didn't have to be this way but it is and you know things are coming to a close and we're going on to the next thing and I really liked the beat I was very happy with it but once I left the place and listened to it more I was like well now why am I sad what is what's going on with that and so um the more i listened to it the more i realized i think it might just be me coming down from the saturn return really and reflecting on everything that happened to me during it because let me tell you something um got deported (laughs) uh one of my bandmates left the band um went through a really shitty breakup had a shitty roommate when i moved back to montreal Lots of stuff happened during my Saturn return and it messed me up, man. But like I came out of it really a different person. Like ego death will do that to you, I suppose. But mm. I think that and and like all the, the beats and songs on that tape are from like pretty much the beginning to the end of the Saturn return. Most of them are actually loop sessions beats. Um, like two or three of them are like non loop sessions beats, but we're relating to something like things that I was going through at the time. Like I also lost like my last grandparent during mm-hmm. that time. And one of the songs is dedicated to her as well. And it was over a series of years you were making this. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, and I wrote this in the description of the band camp, uh, like this like album description. It's like, you know, that feel when you make a beat and you realize that, the beat is telling the end of a story but you need to go back and figure out what the actual beginning of the story was Mm. so i went back and i realized okay starting here where we're pretty much starting at the end of a previous relationship and going through reconciling with that starting a new one that one ending other stuff happening in the background as well where it's like it's really a story it's like you know a hero's tale of like you know heartbreak isolation newfound family losing blood family um realizing that those things don't necessarily define you but how you overcome them will define you more than that and like also accepting the things that you can't overcome but you that you still have to like move on with There was one track that I wanted to ask about on track 16, Reclamation, Walking in the Air. So I like heard that I was like, I love the song that it sampled off of. And like, I always make my mom play it for me. And then I sing along um, and like the Christmas spirit. I find it's just the most beautiful song like ever. So I was just so curious to hear how that played into it. The the breakup that is being described on that tape happened around Christmas time. So it was a really crummy Christmas. And so I made it a point to like the next Christmas. I'm like, this Christmas is going to be my Christmas. I'm not going to make it about that. I'm going to make it about me. Okay. So reclamation is not only reclaiming my Christmas, but also just reclaiming my personhood because like again ego death of like okay well you go through so many emotions during like a really bad breakup where it's like I don't even know who I am anymore and it's like you can't really control the outcomes or like the feelings of other people and you're just like well what's really the point of going on if you feel like you've done everything right and you're still gonna just get your 
heart shattered into pieces and it's like reclaiming that story of like that's not my problem whatever (laughs) they're going through is not about me Mm. while i was reclaiming christmas that was obviously something that was on the playlist obviously Mm -hmm. the loop sessions that was happening online near the end of the year it was basically like just an amalgamation of like previous crates from the year and there was one part of it that just had like a drum loop and i was like i'm just gonna keep it simple i'm gonna take that walking in the air Mm -hmm. i'm gonna like stretch it a bit I'm going to put the drum loops over it and I'm also going to lay over some vocals at the end to really represent me liberating myself from that storyline of me being like wordless and me being like oh I can't enjoy Christmas anymore because I'll always associate it with some other thing and it's like it doesn't have to be that way Mm -hmm. so like that was me reclaiming my winter Okay, so let's talk about um, My Way. What was going through your head on that one? Oh, I was fresh out of the breakup there. Um, So it had been about a month and a half. It was coinciding with a remix challenge that we were doing at Loop Sessions DMV. One of our regulars, Spartan Jetplex, who is a uh, singer-songwriter based in Richmond, Virginia, one of the submissions that they had done a few years prior, sometimes when they do their beats, they'll also like write lyrics to it. And there was one that I was really like partial to. And I was like, oh, this is actually a really cool song. And they decided to release it. And so I hit them up being like, hey, would you be cool if we did like a remix challenge of this song? So what what it was is that we just took their audio from like the lyrics and stuff and people would like have to produce a beat with it. I took it to the next step and wrote a whole ass song around it and a beat um, because it's like, it's such simple lyrics that you can interpret in so many ways. Lots of people submitted remixes and stuff where it was just like a beat and like their vocals. And I decided I wanted to also tell a story mm-hmm. with it. So the song that I wrote was basically about how like sometimes we end things prematurely because of like fear or like we're afraid that things are going to go badly but things end up going badly because of the premature ending and it just feels like you've you like killed the game before we even got a chance to play kind of thing so that's where i was coming from with that song and what was the lyric that you were mentioning that drew you in um i think how's it go if i knew my way i'd see the sun shining in the sky wait if i knew my way i see the stars shining in the sky even when it's gray Well, if I knew my way, I'd be able to see the positive in the negative. But I, but at that point in time, I felt lost. Mm-hmm. So the song is about, you know, thinking that you know your way and then all of a sudden you're lost and you're like, well, how am I supposed to find the light in this if I'm lost? Mm-hmm. And are you singing on that one? Yes. Okay. So Spartan Deplex is the one singing on the hook and I'm the one singing the verses. Yeah. 
right now, like, where are you feeling drawn to in terms of your creative practice? Right now, I'm feeling drawn to getting back into drawing, actually, because I've been focused so much on music, especially with Strange Fruits since 2014. We had hit the ground running and I had been managing the group also for like the majority of the time. It was constantly thinking of ways to record new music or like finding shows finding gigs like doing interviews anything to like get our name out there to the point where I hardly had any time for my solo projects or any Mm -hmm. of that and so when loop sessions came around that kind of became my way of being able to like put something out just for the sake of putting something out and um, what's funny is that a lot of the stuff from my solo project and loop sessions made its way into strange fruits so like for example um two of the beats that i made um are on the first ep and one of those beats are from like when i was 17 Mm -hmm. and like right now we have a song out well it's not out but we perform it a lot called london fog which is just a rework of a loop sessions beat that i made back in like 20 17 or something like that so like i always find a way to kind of loop it back all together what's coming up next for you what can we expect what should people tune into right now people should go buy that album on bandcamp actually because i also put out an uh a side tape where it's just basically all the loop sessions beats i put out pre-rona so you can buy both of those things on mags119.bandcamp.com right now i'm in the midst of planning a monthly drink and draw event with also cool mag actually we just did one um last week it was a huge hit at the system we didn't realize how many grown-ass people needed somewhere to draw (laughs) and it's so important to be able to find a place where you can just be creative with no expectations and like find social settings where you don't always have to be at the club and it's like people like to draw people also like to tap into that inner child and so it went really well i was so stoked i was so happy you've done a lot of community work kind mm-hmm. of thing you've done a lot of mentorship mm-hmm. organizing i i know someone who remembered you at rock camp oh, <laughs> man. and um so yeah what like what do you like about this kind of work why do you do it the babies <laughs> oh the babies oh every time i do a thing and some young black child says i want to be like you when i grow up and they mean it sincerely and not on some funny shit i'm just like i'm gonna i'm gonna cry and i'm gonna poop my pants right now i don't know if i can contain my emotions and it's like especially like a great example rock camp like you go and you sing and you don't really think much of it because you think oh it's just another gig but like seeing them face to face being like i could be that I could do that. I didn't think I could do that, but I can. And being the person that shows them that means the world to me. Because it's like, when I was growing up, I felt like those people that I had were like very far away and inaccessible, like Mm. really famous people. But it's like, to have people in your city and like be accessible in that way where like you can ask questions and you can be like so what was like doing this and like seeing their face light up when it's like oh my god like you're a weirdo just like me and it's like yeah man being a weirdo is very cool in montreal i don't know if you're aware and then like 
we end up having one of them on our like album like mm. like full circle moment it was it was emma um oh she's so big now oh. <laughs> and i remember we met her at, at rock camp the first time we performed and i think that same year the following year we were recording our second ep and like i'm friends with emma's older sister's ex-girlfriend so they were all friends and stuff and so i hit up melissa being like do you think emma would want to be on our album and melissa would be like dude she will shit her pants if you, <laughs> if you tell her that and i'm like okay well that's what i want and so like melissa like told emma and i was like emma okay mags wants you to be on the strange truth song and Emma was like this is not funny if you're joking with me right Aww. now this is not funny and, and like we we made it happen and she was like oh my god i'm gonna cry and Aww. i'm like the fact that you feel that way about us when we're like literal nobodies is very funny <laughs> um but i love that for you and like i think it's so important for 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 them to have those formative moments of realizing that you know those people that you look up to first of all can be accessible um and also they can be you you know they are you Mm-hmm. so like that's really one of the reasons why i do it and also because because i can and i'm just like i feel like it, like if i if i can do it i'll just do it like i used to be the um uh programming director for the hip-hop you don't stop festival and like you know we don't have like a very huge budget so it'd be things like if i can find a way to like split this budget in a way where we can like book some up-and-coming artists i will do the flyers for free i'll do whatever needs to be done to cut costs and really pay these people to come Mm. and do their thing so it's like things like that where i'm just like if it won't kill me (laughs) i might just do it i will burn out probably but i'm not dead yet Thank you so much for um, sitting down with us and for this interview. Yes, it was so much fun. Awesome. Thanks so much. of Also Cool Sounds Like is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Aviva Lassard, and Gwen Rowley in collaboration with Also Cool Magazine. Shout out to the Also Coolers Malika Astorga, Zoe Argeropoulos-Hunter, Holly Hiltz, and Rebecca Judd for their support. Our intro music is by Jacob Lassard, and the show's artwork is designed by Vasco Cavallero. Check out the magazine at alsocoolmag.com or on Instagram at alsocoolmag. We'll also include a link to Mags' music and art in the show notes. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. If you'd like to be featured on the show or want to recommend an artist, email us at podcast at alsocoolmag.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>